Hi and welcome to Farah Karamuri Show. This show is all about busy mums juggling life and work. We talk about how they deal with relationships, parenting, self-care, planning and how do they deal with their careers. So join me every Sunday where I bring an insight to a mum who is spinning all the place. Excited to introduce this next guest for our podcast number 23, Sarah Damani. She's a wife, a mother, a crossfitter, a baker, a crafter. Can you get any more badges next to your name? Oh yeah, this one has more. She's also a retained firefighter, my first ever female firefighter on the podcast, guys. But reason she's on this podcast, because she has her own business, which is what we are here to talk about. But you know what? I wanted to just put in there how many other things this woman has time for. Let's dive right in and see what Sarah has to say on how she manages all these titles. welcome to the podcast tell everybody who are you okay so thank you very much for having me Farah my name is Sarah Sarah Damani and I am a virtual assistant with Alchemy Virtual Assistants so I bought into a franchise back in January um, and I help businesses of any size um, and any stage um, with basically all of their admin so a lot of people say you know what does a virtual assistant do well anything really anything that business owners don't really like doing so that might be diary management it might be a bit of an inbox detox um or maybe they need some help with their social media maybe there's a bit of design work that needs doing um or actually a lot of businesses they require some accountability support from me as well Mm. my background in business advising um that really helps to lend well to that okay and how did you how did you get into this was you having your own business was this the reason was it because you're a mom? Is that the reason behind it? Or why did you go into what you did? Because I'm sure when we first saw each other, when we were in Debenhams together, that wasn't, this was not your plan, was it? <laughs> How we change as we have kids? <laughs> well, well, no, I mean, we, we, we worked in retail yeah. and my gosh, you earn your money in retail, don't you? We, we were power hungry women, you know, we were, we were sales managers. We were, we were, working really hard really in retail hard. and I loved it absolutely mm. loved working in retail as a manager um, and that was my career plan you know I'd come from a, a graduate scheme with Debenhams um, worked with you guys at Milton Keynes store moved across loads of different Debenhams stores and absolutely loved it but it comes a point doesn't it when you think oh time to start a family maybe settle down a little bit and retail just really doesn't support family life, I don't think, especially Definitely when not. you're working the hours and you're as committed as we were. So I'd always wanted my own business. I just knew that it wasn't, it had to be the right time. Mm-hmm. And for me, that right time was when my youngest um, started school, um, which was last September. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what I wanted my business to be doing. I had explored several different avenues and interests. Mm. You know, I had hobbies that I explored as businesses. I, I love baking cakes. Um, I've 
I've done loads of wedding cakes. I oh, looked really? at turning I that into a that. business. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I've looked at turning that into a business, but it's very much dependent on how much time you can commit. Like anything, you mm-hmm. know, you are the business itself and it's not really scalable. Um, it was also really important for me to provide opportunities for other mums as well to, to have flexible working opportunities. Um, and I just kept, I stumbled across um, a virtual assistant role really um, by through my, my previous job, which was a business advisor for local government. And I met with um, Susie and Paul, who I went into a franchise with um, as, as a virtual assistant. And I met them through my previous role. But they were looking at how they could expand their business and they were considering franchising. Um, and just through the process of us working together over the sort of the year that we did, I could see the progress that they made and the franchise really came to life. And I just thought, actually, that's it. That's what I should do because yeah. it's the next stage on for business advising. Um, so I approached Cindy and I asked if she would consider me to be her first franchisee. Awesome. And here we are. Great. I know. That's amazing. So when you, so you were obviously, you've come from your backgrounds corporate, just like myself. When was the, in fact, what was your last store? What was it? Where did you, when did you decide to sell completely? So from uni, went to Debenhams Graduate Scheme with you guys in Milton Keynes. I moved across to Banbury in my first secondment with Adam. And (laughs) then I... (laughs) (laughs) That's a podcast on its own. (laughs) (laughs) And then I... um, I got appointed sales manager level two down in um, Wimbledon. Okay. Moved around a bit of the London stores, Clapham, Hemel Hempstead. Moved away from Debenhams to work for Pumpkin Patch, the uh-huh. children's yep. Australasian retailer. I was flagship store manager for them with Croydon store and Bullring store. We moved to the West Midlands, hence the bull ring store um, with my husband's job um, and yeah at that point I we then decided to start a family retail wasn't really what we thought would be able to support a good family balance so um, I looked into head office roles and I retrained to become a merchandiser initially with um, a company called store 21 who are no longer in the UK anymore uh, no longer trading um, and then I moved across to Levi's, which was amazing. Absolutely loved working for Levi's. Wow. They were based in Northampton, which brought us full circle back to Northampton, actually. Um, and yeah, I trained, trained up to become merchandiser for the UK retail stores for Levi's, which was brilliant. Loved, loved working for Levi's. Great discount, as you can imagine. I bet you have a but good collection travel. there. Yeah. yeah, loads of travel as well, which was really cool. So Okay. And so would you say about 10 years in corporate, in retail corporate environment? Yeah. Yeah. What would you say? Because at the moment, there's a lot of uh, redundancy, redundancies around, aren't they? Debenhams and other retail stores. Because I was thinking, well, what skills would you think you have developed in these uh, roles that you've done that you're able to take through? Because when you finish retail, I, you almost feel like, what am I going to do next? What am I going to do? Because it's so different to everything else. Did you feel like that when you actually decided to take the other job that you just uh, went into as a virtual assistant? 
I think the great thing about retail is it's so fast paced mm. that actually that has set us up that we're not adverse to change. Mm. We're really dynamic. Um, we can think on our feet, whereas I've got friends who perhaps they don't, they look at me and they're like, you've changed your job, you've reinvented yourself so many times, you know, doesn't that scare you? And it's like, no, I think coming from retail really I gives really you that skill that. set. Yeah, yeah. Because we literally had to change things on daily basis at times, didn't we? <laughs> Hourly basis, depending on who's walking into the store. <laughs> we literally will change the entire place around. Gosh, okay. I don't know how many times we changed that lingerie department around. <laughs> exactly we just we just and got trying such to get, a buzz out of it didn't we and trying to get those cosmetics girls to work with those accounts <laughs> oh my god better than banging your head against a brick wall oh my god but you know, there was something about it, it. such a buzz out of it didn't we do you remember we opened a thousand accounts I think in a weekend for mega day <laughs> Me and you. I think we just smashed every every challenge target in the company. Oh my god! I was on a microphone in the store. <laughs> we made history. We definitely did. I don't think anyone's beat that yet. No one will ever beat that. I don't think they will. We're we're, we're just a pair of crazy girls, literally going mad, won't we? Awesome. Okay, so um. So you've said about this, about so people listening to leaving retail now thinking, you know, what should I do? But you're absolutely right. There are skills that we've learned, sinking on our feet, developing and adapting new ways really, really quickly and going into the jobs, whatever they want to do. But there are some people who would want to start their own business right now. So it's a very similar to the situation you're just describing. What are the, what's the worries when it comes to, for a mom especially, what were you worried about? When I gave my notice into Debenhams after 15 years of being in the same store, it was really scary for me because I grew up there. My kids grew up with me there, you know, and I was uh, going to give up this, you know, good job that paid my mortgage, blah, blah, blah. And I'm going into this new business, which doesn't give me anything yet. It was very scary. I remember holding on to my notice and thinking, what the hell are you doing? You know, it was so scary time. But then I thought, if I don't take this step, I can't move forward. I just can't. So I did it. And then I'll just see what happens. This is, this is, this is me all over. I'm, I'm a risk taker. Yeah. What would you say? I'm completely the same. I just think, what if I don't do this? You know, I will never know. And I just think you can't have regrets in life. I, I was fortunate because um, my previous role was part-time, which allowed me to start my business, build it up um, whilst working my job. So I didn't um, have that risk. It's also so important that your partner your husband um, is supportive of your choices and, and is behind you because I remember very much saying to my husband, there's going to be days when I feel like a failure, where I feel like I can't do it, where you need to remind me of the things that I've achieved and the reason that I'm doing this. Um, I don't feel like I actually had to lean on him too much in those early days because um, I'd done so much pre-prep work into before starting my business and I knew exactly who it was I was going out for, who, you know, who my target market was, um, the types of clients I wanted to track. Celebrated the wins, but I made sure that it was quite level. They weren't big, big wins. They weren't big, big losses. Um, so that you then can maintain a bit of a balance that you're not um, 
having such high highs and such low lows, if that makes sense. And, and just having that support network around you, telling people what it is you're doing, you know, being accountable to them as well. Um, but it, yeah, absolutely, it can be scary, but I just think it's too big a risk not to do it if that's what you're really passionate about. And you, have, you can't start a business unless you are 100% passionate about what it is that you're doing. Yeah, because this is not like you're not working for someone else where you come home and you don't think about it. This is with you all the time, isn't it? How, so how you do don't you, switch off. You don't. You, so how do you balance that? Because you've got two kids now? Yeah, two, two children, two oh. boys, five and seven. Yeah. Um, I'm also a retained firefighter. Yes, so. I've been seeing some of those on social. What, what's the story behind there? <laughs> don't know. How did you get pulled into that? <laughs> Um, so I wanted a new fit. I've been doing CrossFit for three years at that point, and I just wanted a new fitness challenge, something that would make me keep my fitness where it was because I felt like three years doing something, you know, I've formed some great habits. Um, absolutely addicted to CrossFit, loved it, but would never want to run a marathon. That's just not, your not thing. you know, yeah. I, no, don't really want to be competing. CrossFit <clears throat> takes up a lot of time on your weekends and such so what can I do that is going to give back to the community in which I live in um, but also be a really positive thing for keeping my fitness where it is and I saw that these the local station was advertising that they needed retained firefighters and I work from home and I you know the kids were both at school and I just thought, why not? Why not? You know, I, I can do it physically. If I, if I get through, I can do it physically. Then I should do it is how I felt, really. How, what's it, what's, what is the retained firefighter? What does that mean? Tell us a bit more about that. So I'm an on-call firefighter. So I have um, an alerter that goes off when I'm on, available on call. So generally I'm on call from 10 p.m. at night until 2 p.m. the next day. Okay. Give or take an hour here or there for my CrossFit morning workout. Um, and basically, yes, if there is an emergency come in, this alerter will call me and I will go to the station and assist with whatever, whatever it may be, on. you know, house fire, car accident, yeah, anything like that. <clears throat> wow, awesome. So how did you, you have to train for that? My fitness was already where it needed to be. But um, the recruitment process was quite intensive. Um, I had to pass some physical assessments. There was an interview process. And um, then there was a, a, price, a period of about six weeks in total training that they sort of spread across the year. Um, I've just finished my three-week breathing apparatus course. So that's learning how to wear all the face gear and, and um, use the breathing and going in and doing search and rescues in burning buildings okay so i've just finished that and then my final course which will get me to the next stage so i'll be out of trainee firefighter and i'll be into a developed firefighter role um is this weekend oh wow what are you gonna do we've got to do a hazardous materials course um and then yeah and then i guess as a cohort we should all get together and celebrate when we're allowed <laughs> <laughs> amazing so this is you did it this just you did this look like keeping yourself fit 
and out of this you can give it back to community as well but this seems like there's a lot of work huh it can be i mean the ch the chances of me being on call when the emergency comes i mean you know on average we've had a lot more during lockdown we've had a lot more calls there's oh, been a okay. lot more fires and there's been a lot a lot more activity within the fire service because as a result of you know people having to self-isolate i guess crews are not able they're not on the run maybe um so we've had to support a lot more in that respect during lockdown but i would say on average it's not a huge commitment it's okay. one evening a week for a drill night which is three hours and then probably two calls a week we get on average okay um so the chances of me being on call during those hours i don't do weekends i just do the monday to friday like I said, 10 p.m. till 2 at 2 p.m. Mm -hmm. So wow. it's through the night, but I'm asleep. It's just if the alert goes off, I spring to action. Exactly, uh, which which you're nice and fit and physical, physically alert to do that. So how? What is that? What does Sarah's day look like then? Tell me one of your weekdays. What does it look like? Where does it start? So I generally get up about half five. Um, at the moment during lockdown, I've been getting up that early to try and get some work in. Mm -hmm. first thing in the morning just get a couple of hours peace and quiet i will always do a workout outside of lockdown i do the 6 a.m at the crossfit gym um in lockdown i've been doing the 7 a.m wad online on zoom that's about 45 minutes then I'll go into the kitchen have a couple of cups of coffee and some breakfast and then um, start the day get the kids sorted you know if they're going to school get them to school and working till about two two o'clock ish mm -hmm. um obviously i'm on call so if, if the alert does go off then go and respond to that pick the kids up about three o'clock normally for school time um come home spend a bit of time with them do some activities you know now it's nice and light we go we go out for a walk with the dog um and then get some dinner ready and generally speaking, I don't really watch TV, I don't really have time to, but um, get a bit of housework done, get the washing done, and get an early night because I know I'm going to be starting again early oh, the next wow. morning. Wow, so jam-packed. It's like changing your day around, isn't it, I think? Yeah. How do you, do you like prep your meals on the weekend or do you have a plan of what you're going to do, is it? Generally speaking, um, we don't have a meal plan, but I'll always, the night before, I'll take something out that I know okay. we'll all eat. I don't really want to be cooking. Yeah, I don't really want to be cooking lots of different meals if I can help yeah. it. It might be a couple of variations um, for me and the husband and the kids. But I try to keep it quite simple during the week. The weekends, I, I love cooking. Mm. So, you know, on the weekends, I'll always try and cook a nice roast dinner and a nice dinner, you know, or a barbecue or something on the Saturday. But... I do try and keep meals quite simple. I know that they've had a good meal at school. Mm -hmm. And when you look at your meals, are they, you're looking at more the balance of it rather than, yeah, rather than actually the variety of it. Yeah, this is it. They're getting a bit of yeah, protein we, in there. And... We, everything I make is always cooked fresh. Mm -hmm. We don't tend to rely on frozen foods. A lot of the food is frozen, frozen meats, etc. But I do like to cook, you know, fresh meals. Um, because we we all need it you know we're all busy we're all 
using a lot of energy during the day so it's really important that we are eating good eating well quality yeah, food absolutely. yeah so on the weekends is it a complete switch off from work or is it yeah you do okay so that's you're quite disciplined yeah. like that absolutely definitely try to initially to start with there was a bit of weekend working um especially as I was trying to get my head around sort of the new clients that I'd taken on and obviously investing in those relationships but generally speaking my clients don't work weekends so I don't and they don't expect me to um which is really nice to be able to shut off and and take time back for the family because that's why we do this this is why you know we work yeah, for you've ourselves. Got, you've got to remember the reasons haven't you yeah I think I think lots of people when they forget what the reasons are for what they're doing because they've gone too much on one side you can start seeing the 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 damaging effects on the family yeah you've got to be careful as well you've got to be careful because if clients start to see you working weekends they start to expect it yes you're right absolutely and then and they send you messages all day anytime there's no time for you awesome so tell us about your business now so this is the current business that that your actual business now started in january virtual assistant okay tell us more about it so the kind of businesses you are now working with what kind of work have you done for them i know you generally get you gave us like an outline of it so just give us some examples of so there's a clear understanding um so what i love is that the clients are all so diverse um okay. i mean i've got i've got a olympic gold medalist judo champion okay i help help them with diary and email management and um just some general admin I've got a top uh, business data consultant. She's working with huge brands all around the world. And again, that's just some diary management support. We get some ad hoc project requests for, for help building sort of spreadsheets and, and tools and things like that for financial advisors. Um, I've got a food development client. So he does food development for some of the big um, leisure chains and i help him with project managing those, those different clients so inputting new menus into the into the premises um and and things like that um then i've got business business coaches who deliver programs for the universities on topics that i'm really passionate about you know female entrepreneurship mm -hmm. um what other clients have i got so i've got a jewelry business she's producing one-off bespoke beautiful pieces um, that she, she sources herself and then she, um, she, <coughs> she uh, re refreshes them and then sells them on. Um, we do social media for her. Yeah, so, so many different clients, so, so diverse and that's what keeps it really interesting actually. Wow, so, that, so, you will, so when you get up in the morning, you like, you'll pick the work from one of these clients, whoever's and then you just deliver, do that for them. So like sometime you might manage five people's diaries, six people's diaries, yeah. And these are the, you've yeah. got access to all their, um, their diaries, I take it. And these are Google yeah. diaries and things. Um, mostly on Outlook. Okay. Um, but it's, it's actually, I think because everything's kind of cloud-based now, it makes virtual assistant work so much easier. Mm. Um, and there's lots of, you know, if you're doing social media for a client, then there's lots of different scheduling tools that you can use. Um, so even if the client wants specific work done on a Monday at 10 a.m., you can schedule the work to be done. Mm -hmm. 
And then do you communicate with them often via Zoom or you don't need to communicate once you know what they're doing? It's almost in the system, in the pipeline. Generally speaking, touch base with most of them every week, um, okay. but some of them don't need that. Every client's individual with what they want you to, how often do they want you to. Some of them it'll be a monthly sign off mm-hmm. um, and some of them you don't really hear from from one week to the next but you've got constant communication in terms of they see the workload that you're doing for them. Yeah. And how do they you see, see do you see, business, you see, you have a vision for your business. You have a vision for your life. Uh, like you obviously you, I, I can see you're a vision person there. So <laughs> what is that vision right in front of your desk? I bet she, there she goes. She's going to show us something now. Okay. <laughs> so Describe it. To I'm, I'm very visual. So we have our dream book here, um, which is, this is more personal, so this is what we as a family want to do, places we want to go. Um, for me, the type of house that I want to live in, the type of holidays that we want to have, and you know what our sort of goals are um, in terms of financial freedom, you know yeah. what that looks like to us as a family. And it's not all about money, it really isn't, but mm. you need to set yourself goals for your business that will afford you the kind of lifestyle Life that you want, want to live 100 yeah, percent. So, so that is definitely like a, a personal scrapbook of of what we want to be doing and then and then in the business itself you know obviously i have to have objectives because otherwise <laughs> what was it i think if you don't know where you want to be in five years then you're already there yeah yeah exactly it's one of the things that I always remind myself of. And so it is really important. And I think for my business in five years, or well, hopefully before then, but I've sort of got a five-year plan of of having three assistants working with me, probably all mums that want flexible working solutions. They don't want they don't want full-time jobs. They just want 20, maybe 15 to 20 hours a week. Um, and you know, those are opportunities that I can create for them. Um, so I want the business to expand in that capacity um, and and I want a certain number of clients and I want and with that we'll obviously bring a certain level of income I don't want to be doing a load of the work myself I'll probably have a couple of clients that I keep that, that, work, that work with, with yeah. me directly um, but I will be responsible for the business development side of things um, and getting out and networking because that's what my strengths are yeah, the networking part, though. So you do, you've done a lot of networking, haven't you? Because I've seen you in lots of different posts and things like that. Tell us, how did you get into that? Through my job with the Growth Hub as a business advisor, um, networking was just part and parcel, and it wasn't anything I'd ever really done before, but I knew that, I knew that I'd be okay with doing it. I think it's one of those things where you have to throw yourself outside of your comfort zone in order to see results in life yeah um and it was part of my job i had to get out there and do it i I knew coming from a retail background that i was quite a confident person anyway Mm. you know i didn't really have problems with speaking to people and building rapport networking is different because ultimately you're there for a reason and that is to grow the business that you are representing so you do have to go about it a different way but there's so many um networking masterclasses and and tips and techniques that you can pick up and it's just really about building relationships, mm. building valuable relationships. It's not actually about walking into a room and giving out your business cards and, 
and um, hoping that someone contacts you or, or asking someone for business. It, it's about building relationships because if people know, like, and trust you, mm. they will want to do business with you. Do you attend certain network marketing uh, meetings now, weekly, monthly? So Are I do a monthly... I do a monthly um, women, women's only network, which is the networking lunch, which I joined that one, um, Athena group. I joined that one um, I've heard for accountability. Of that, Athena group, yeah. And yeah where, for do accountability. They, where do they meet up? Uh, she's got several different groups across the region. I go to the Bedford group. Um, it's in Clapham in Bedford, um, which is lovely. You know, really nice group of ladies. And it, I thought I would join that one for some accountability in my business in the early stages. And then I am looking to join a sort of a weekly one now that the business is growing. Um, I can make that sort of weekly time commitment. Okay. And that will be on, so have you been still doing them on Zoom while we're in lockdown? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So all been carried on. And it, it, you haven't got any reason not to be able to do them because you can actually attend more, I think, at the moment yeah, as well. Absolutely. Yes, you're right. Awesome. So is, has that helped your business, would you say? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's your monthly sort of get up, show up, um, be accountable to your business, talk about your business, reflect on what you've done for the last month. Mm, that alone yeah. in itself, you, you don't want to be saying the same thing each month if you haven't actually worked on it. And if, no. it's, if it's your own business, people tend to more, don't they? And then you also get to know what other people are doing um, and then build your network from there because these are the people who can then say, well, Sarah's just started the virtual system. What about her? If someone's saying, I'm struggling with all of this work because yeah. what you do yeah. is so diverse. It can go into, so basically you're an umbrella for all the businesses out there. It's just fantastic. It really is. It's like you can get people yeah. out some real sticky points because they can't manage. And they want to keep yeah, absolutely. what they're I think, about. I think the, the thing, like we said earlier, is that businesses, um, most people want to grow their business, but they can't really commit to taking someone on maybe in a part-time or full-time capacity because it's a, it's a big cost to the business. And so with a virtual assistant, they can grow their business slowly. You know, I can support a business for five hours a week or five mm. hours a month whatever they need to just pass some of those tasks off that allows them to then grow their business by focusing on doing the activity that, like I call it, the money-making activity. Mm. So what, what is the process if somebody is now listening to this and think, oh, I could do with uh, Sarah's help. What is their process? What are your rules and regulations? How is there a number of hours minimum? Um, how do they contact you? Is there a contract? How does it work? <laughs> Generally speaking, we like to start off slowly because I think that's the way that you're going to add the most value to a business. So we say a minimum contract is sort of five hours a month for a three-month um, three time scale. Okay. And um, from that, we can take certain tasks on to start with. And then at the end of the three months, we can review how it's gone for them and how it's gone for us um, and, and either increase the hours, which is what most of our clients have done after the even after the initial month you know we could see that it was working so well um the the first sort of process would be just to get in contact and just have a have a quick call and just see exactly what time of tasks because i think that's what most people don't really understand what tasks could i outsource to you yeah yeah I everything think... being cloud-based now there isn't really anything you can't outsource and and you know once lockdown is finished and and we have the opportunity to meet in person 
I like I like to do the sort of initial kickoff meeting with a client in person to actually really see their business and 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 suggest other ways of things that I could do to support them and get a feel of it. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's such an a so you're not just even you're not just taking the tasks away. You're actually also advising on how to grow the business, perhaps as well. I think that's what people really like when they when they're working mm. with me. It's it's different. I'm not just admin assistant. Mm. I am going to challenge you on certain things. I'm going to hold you accountable to things if you want me to. Yeah, yeah. You know, if, you, if you want me just to do a task and and keep quiet and just do that task, then, then that's absolutely gonna, fine yeah. as well. But I think with my experience of, of of coming from you know running running teams and managing teams in in retail and and then going through to become a merchandiser you know i have got a lot of corporate experience which mm. can transfer over to small businesses I, do, I, I, I can challenge business owners if they want me to yeah absolutely you enjoy doing that bit <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> why do we do things this way okay <laughs> so what have you ever had to refuse a business um not refuse i I wouldn't turn down business, but I think it's important when you're working in such close um, proximity to the business owner, um, it's, it's down to them to work out if we are the right fit for the business and if the tasks are actually within scope. So as yet, I haven't turned down any business, but there have been a couple of inquiries that haven't come through because we're not the right fit for the business. And that's yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Exactly. You can't, can't say yes, you can't no, hundred percent. It won't be right for you. What you know, you won't stand out in what you're trying to do. You want to be able to do do the work really passionately, do it really well, so that you can show the people that this is what this is what we're about. Awesome. So, so your five year vision is to have three assistants. Oh, that's going to happen before that. You're not going to wait to five years for the Sarah that I know. It's probably be happening by the end of this year. So as we with the lockdown, she'll be all over that. But you said over the lockdown, your inquiries are starting to come in, which is really good news. Yeah, the last couple of weeks, definitely a big spike in inquiry numbers. Um, and I think this week and next week alone, I've, I've had five new prospective client inquiry calls, um, which is, has been amazing. I mean, started the business in January and I had one client um, four hours. In February, it went up to 21 hours. Uh, of support and then in March it was at 58. Wow, I love the increase. The growth, oh, amazing. The growth was fantastic. April, May, as a result of lockdown, I, I took the decision that it was right to pause a couple of the clients because I knew that their businesses would stop virtually overnight. Um, but I think in bigger picture and I know that those clients, when they're ready, they'll come back and we'll work together again. Um, but yeah, the, the last couple of weeks definitely showing that the wheels are starting to move again um, and the business is starting to return. Amazing. That's so, so, so good. And, and the way you speak about the business and the way you speak about how you do your work is so positive. And it's almost like, oh my God, you know, I want to work with this person because she's, she's all over this and she's just going to bring that joy and that accountability into my life. It's, it's so good to hear that from you. What's your biggest fear? Oh, I think initially my biggest fear was winning clients, but I got over that pretty quickly. <laughs> um, the business grew very quickly, which really, it, it scared me a little bit how quickly it grew. 
but again I think I'm over that now and I saw that I coped with that first time round so I wouldn't be scared of that anymore um it could be a spider you know you don't have to nearly talk about the business <laughs> but I knew you were going to talk I'm about scared. that I'm not scared of spiders um I don't know actually my biggest fear my biggest fear is in, in actual real life and I spoke to Susie about this the other day <laughs> singing karaoke <laughs> <laughs> I said to her, I said, I don't feel like I really have a comfort zone to step out of. There's not really anything that I wouldn't do yeah. except in karaoke. <laughs> Fair enough. I've not heard that one before, but you know, absolutely. You never want to be. What if you're really, really drunk? Would you do it? <laughs> I'm trying not to get really drunk because I would do it. <laughs> For that reason, exactly. Awesome. So tell us, Sarah, how can people get in um, contact with you? What is the process? Okay, so we've got a website, um, which is alchemyva.co.uk, um, or my email address is sarah.damani at alchemyva.co.uk, and we can link all of the details in under this podcast. Oh, podcast yeah. um, just check out our website, because there's so many great testimonials on there of our current clients. Um, there's more information about us. And, you know, it might not be that I'm the right VA for your business, but we've got a few others within the business as well. Um, and just have a look and then get in touch. There's, you know, there's a, a form where you can fill in to book an appointment directly with one of us. Um, and just have a call and, and see. And, and if it's a virtual assistant opportunity that you're looking for, if you're interested in buying into the franchise, that information's on the website as well. Oh, fantastic. Brilliant. Okay. And, um, one last question I want to ask you. How do you maintain relationships while you're doing all of this? Do you have a with... date night with your husband? <laughs> well, <laughs> trying to fit that in is interesting. Um, but yeah, no, we, we do regularly get to go out together. Um, we have a lot of support from family close by. Okay, um, that's so the nice. Yeah, you know, outside of lockdown, the in-laws are always happy to come around and, um, and look after the boys. Um, but we do things as a family as well. You know, we, we always make sure my parents give us a, a pot of money normally for Christmas mm -hmm. and we use that. We, we have a family meeting and we decide on what activities we're going to spend that money on. And then we do it because I think of what, you know, you're forever talking about these things. If you don't actually do it, then it doesn't really mean anything, does it? No, absolutely. What kind of things do you like to do? Is it holidays? Have you done Bali yet? Is that on your list somewhere? <laughs> Bali is on my list. I top my list. And I really, I really actually, I looked the other day and I signed up for the, um, you know, the CrossFit in Bali, Wanderlust. Yes. Oh my God. I've, I've watched I've signed up YouTube. for the um, retreat. Have you? Amazing. I haven't paid anything for it yet, but so I have signed up for my interest and I thought, oh, I could, I could really do that by myself. <laughs> That'd be amazing, wouldn't it? How amazing yeah. would that be? Have you had a, did you take a holiday on your own? Have you done that? <laughs> I have taken, yeah, I have done that before when I went out to um, Tenerife to meet with a girlfriend out there. Yeah. Um, and she was working and I just had to amuse myself all day, every day, which was fine. Not that hard, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I quite regularly go to the spa by myself just for the day because I think it's really important to take, you know, yourself off and enjoy your own company and have some time to actually think about the business rather than working in the business. Um, 
but yeah no i mean we we love holidays as a family and mm. we love loads of different activities i mean we're always trying to get out and do things go out for a bike ride or go to play crazy golf or um the boys love geocaching which is, is like a it's like a um like a worldwide treasure hunt okay on your phone okay a bit like the Pikachu thing, um, okay, the, the dinosaur Pokemon. thing, yeah, the Pokemon, yeah, yeah. but um, the, with objects that you physically find in nature. Yeah, the boys love that, so, and it gets them outside. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with us. There's so much you're doing. I'm like, my God, <laughs> this, this lady is fitting in so much in her life. But you know, <laughs> I didn't any less because I've known you for so many years and I know that we work together so closely when you work with someone so closely and oh, done such crazy stuff together <laughs> but then you watch them on Facebook and you think you see them grow and you're like I knew the girl I knew the day we worked together that you're going to do some massive things in your life you're just so <laughs> like positive and it radiates from your face like now if, if you guys could see her, she, she looks amazing or dressed I'm, your eyebrows are perfect how'd you get them done because we're all in lockdown <laughs> <laughs> I've painted them, painted them up. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Awesome. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank and, you so um, much. Hopefully we're going to bring you back and uh, look at the growth that you've achieved in your business, like a part two of it, maybe in a year's time. Who knows? Let's see how yes. the podcast is going. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe so you never miss out on the next episode.